And moving on to the second verse, Jack may be nimble, and he may be quick, but he is neither nimble nor quick enough to escape the Thanatos, or death drive in us all. In this drive, or West Coast kick, he is the passenger in a family truckster barreling down to his own personal sunset, which represents the escape from the workaday drudgery seen in Buckingham's video. But even escape is denied our protagonist, as he longingly gazes out of the factory-slash-prison that is life, to the smug yet dead-eyed Tulpa escaping into the mists of his sta- What are you doing? Um, nothing? Nothing, just... Research? Welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And we are a married couple showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And And this week we did National Lampoon's Vacation from 1983. That's the original installment of the series directed by Harold Ramis. Written by John Hughes. I knew John Hughes wrote the original one, but I was very stunned to learn a few minutes ago that he actually wrote all three. We co-wrote European Vacation. Right. With who? Uh, I, some, know, some dude. Someone else. Someone else. <laughs> someone else. I don't I don't. Some remember. other person. Right. Um, Sorry. But he, yeah. Uh, but um, he, but yes, and it's, it's of course based off of a John Hughes short story, Vacation 58. Uh, the short story actually uses Disney because it was just for National Lampoon. It wasn't a movie. They could get away with that. Right. Uh, they had to change it, obviously, to Wally World. <laughs> oh, right. You know, but yeah, that is uh, that is basically the end of that. I figured you'd start talking again. Oh, you want me to talk? Okay, great. Awesome. So um, this is episode 45, and uh, which is kind of exciting, guys. I mean, we're like, folks. Yeah, we're, we're, get- uh, <laughs> we're getting really humans. close. Friends, people. Y'all. I'm, not, I'm not ready to call them friends. <laughs> Comrades. <laughs> um, we are getting, we are getting uh, very close. All of my Russian I learned from X-Men. Boy, <laughs> I learned it from Annie. Bolsheviks. I don't know what it means, but Bolshevik. I remember being a kid being like, I know a word. Bolsheviks. <laughs> You're such a Menshevik, though. <laughs> so um, uh, we're getting, yeah, me too, Jordan. We're getting close to episode 50, which um, we've I'm already. A Kronstadt sailor. We've, we've. We've decided what we're doing um, because it's, you know, we got to commemorate the anniversary, but um, we'll just keep teasing it until we get there. I'm not even going to tease it. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to not talk about I'm it at all. just going to not talk about it at all. You know, knowing us, we're going to make like two more episodes and then, then we're going to have to take like a seven month hiatus no, or something. No, more hiata, <laughs> and no more hiatus. No more hiatus. I think hiatus. 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 So anyway, so the, we, it was very interesting how this one came about. Um, we were looking for an, we were looking for a movie to to do for our fifth, as we normally do, uh, the the fifth episode is usually one we've either both seen or one neither of us has seen. Which so far, I think the all, we've only done two that we've neither seen. Right. We actually came up Got with Got a bad batting average on those, by the way. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, let me see. It was... Uh, it was Black uh, Cauldron. Black Cauldron. Did not care for that. And uh, Volunteers, which I didn't really yeah, care like much meh. for. Yeah. Yeah, it was like I didn't hate it, but yeah. it wasn't, you know. We have a couple of more that we've just realized that we both have not seen, and so those might... Um, end up on this right yes. on this cast but uh reason we chose vacation um is uh we were actually looking around looking for a movie looking for a movie and we kind of we had a few possibilities and then um this one popped into our brains because 
as what might... Well, because it's the unofficial victory song of the 2013 uh, Stanley Cup winning Chicago Blackhawks. Right, and in, in this house, randomly, for whatever reason, we might start singing that theme song. I don't know what you're talking about. That's never happened. Well, I don't... I don't I, wow. Have, I you just, not been, have you not been here? No, I, 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 I... The first time I actually heard this song was last night. I don't think I ever paid attention. Oh, I don't think I was ever aware of that song. You didn't song. know about that song. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, you should have seen the look on my face just now. I was like, what is he talking yeah, about? Yeah, anyone who follows Where me on Twitter... Where is he going? <laughs> especially people who follow me on Twitter uh, circa 2013. <laughs> um, you know, So we figured that for episode 45, it was... It was quite has been quite a road to get here, and therefore we wanted to celebrate. I don't think it with we figured that at all. I think holiday. I think I think we looked we looked at each other, and I said, "Yeah, let's just do this one." That is not what happened. I, so let's do this one, it and I'll just well and I'm, all I'm going to do is sing "Holiday Road" over and over again. It was well. Actually, I, I promise you all one thing: I am actually not going to sing "Holiday Road" because I can't actually, as much as I've tweeted the like "Holiday Road," oh, 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 I actually don't sing very well, and I cannot carry that tune close enough to make it recognizable. I mean, it's one thing to sing. You got the touch. I wonder. You got the power. You know. You know. But I'm not. I, but but I found out long ago. I don't know how to sing "Holiday yeah, Road." Yeah, yeah, I know. That's right, buddy. That's right, buddy. So it's too bad that Jackson's not here. He could sing it for us. Yes, yes, he's he got, could. He's got such a lovely voice. He's got a beautiful voice. voice. Okay, so let's do this elevator pitch. Okay. For said mouvoir. All right. Um, picture it. Sicily. Sicily. I, you I got did it. this joke. I know. I, like I, I blanked. I thought I, <laughs> I, I normally throw you under the bus, but you jumped ahead of me and threw, threw ah. me under the bus, so I wasn't ready. Uh, my my elevator pitch is, let's you know, it's it's a picaresque tale of a family going on vacation that are constantly thwarted, and we're going to choke every last drop of remaining star power out of Chevy Chase. You know, leaving basically only Fletch until he dissolves into a, <laughs> into the ether until Community. Perfect. I'm, I'm in. Oh, and uh, we'll get the we'll get the woman who plays uh, Lurleen Lumpkin to to, Aww, to sing a little bit. Yeah, and I guess idea. Patsy Cline. Yeah, she has to play Patsy Cline. So, um, I love Beverly D'Angelo. I don't know why I dismissively called her that. She's great. Let's get your dad. Oh yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. a couple of kids, <laughs> and put them in a truckster with some very pretty and supposed to be not as pretty as a model but is so freaking pretty wife yeah yeah it's a, it's a little unbelievable it's that, a little like, ridiculous that, y'all like, yeah it it is literally like like it, it is like just like i guess the minorest of upgrades to move beverly d'angelo to supermodel status like she's still she's a very she's a very attractive woman especially when you're comparing it to like schlubby everyday receding hairline chevy chase let's put them on vacation and then let's get that hilarious burlesque dancer from the 50s <laughs> well she Coca. wasn't she wasn't actually I know, a she burlesque wasn't, dancer I know, she it was wasn't. a bit she did on Broadway I know, in the 30s I was joking Where, I, I, I will probably put up a link to that I just it's discovered so I just discovered this bit like uh, you know and it's, it's, it's a great old uh, it's a great old comedy bit uh, but Imogene Coca it does make a, a guest appearance in this we'll, well I guess we'll just say I, we can talk about it now um, because like, this pitch seems to be falling apart yeah it's pretty, it's pretty much done <laughs> um, but uh, I mean unless you got more no no I'm good, I'm good. okay uh, Imogene Coca does have a, a, a great guest starring appearance here is uh, Aunt uh, Edna and uh, or as Rusty says Aunt Edna which I don't one time he says that and I, I, I'm like I don't know where Anthony Michael Hall grew up but I'm guessing not Chicago because I don't know anyone from Chicago that says Aunt that's no. a very northeastern yeah. uh, kind of thing um, you know like 
But um, where they smugly say, you step on ants, you don't step on your aunt. And I'm oh, like, God. yeah, um, it's called a homonym. And if you look in a dictionary, ant is the primary American pronunciation. So anyway. Um, Here's our pedantic. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, they're, for the podcast. Well, they're the pedants. Yes, I understand. Or pedants. <laughs> Oops. Um, okay, so um, let's talk a little bit about um, one. I have, I have an elephant that's in the room. It's actually the dog that's in the room. Um, he's in the kitchen. But, but Oh, oh, oh um, when we get to this point, uh, Allie closed her ears. So what we were, when we get to this point in the movie, what happened was the dog escaped and they were just sad that, they, that he got away. Yeah. But he ends up finding a nice family on a farm somewhere. Yes. And is completely fine. Completely fine. Anyway, well, we're going to we're move past that um, and move on to the other elephant in the room, which is Boris Vallejo's incredible poster yes. for this movie. Yes, it is pretty uh, freaking awesome. Which is a kind of parodies. One, it, it, it has a bit of a parody of the Star Wars poster, yeah. the, the original one. But it I think it, I think it's a general sword and sorcery kind of look being parodied. And Boris Vallejo did all sorts of like sword and sorcery illustrations. Uh, he's a fantasy artist. With, usually drawing people with incredibly sculpted glutes. That dude, that dude drew, yeah. Like, he liked glutes, he liked the Yeah, like, like, if you see how, how a Jack Chevy Chase looks in this, yeah, imagine jacked. imagine people who are a lot more jacked and notice, yeah, yeah notice yeah. the, the bunnage on, yes. uh, I think that's Some... supposed to be Christy Brinkley because I think that's Beverly D'Angelo on the other leg. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he was an inspired choice as an artist because that dude, that dude was, uh, it, like, some seriously borderline softcore porn, uh, you know, uh, muscular people. We should also mention that both um, male and female making another guest appearance on this podcast is Jordan. Uh, um, I think Jordan has replaced Sparky for the time being. Sorry, Sparky, uh, you've been optioned to the kitchen. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Um, All right, so let's jump into this movie, which um, both John and I both realized that though we've seen this movie many a time, both of us have seen it many times. It's it's kind of like Mary Poppins. No one ever remembers the, the beginning. very beginning. I, I swear, I don't know that I've seen the beginning more than like two or three times. Which is really and I've seen this movie like 15, I've 20 times. I've probably seen this movie at least Because usually many. what happens is the way I've seen this movie is I'm flipping through channels yes. on TV. I'm like, oh, vacation's, vacation's on. on. I've got nothing better to do. Yeah, I'll, watch, I'll, watch, I'll watch the rest of vacation. But I will say that... Um, if you miss the beginning or you don't remember the beginning, you miss Eugene Levy's whole right. reason. Well, one thing you there. miss actually is the, although you can find it easily on YouTube if you're looking for Holiday Road videos, not that I've done that, um, is you can uh, you can find uh, the, the postcard montage at the beginning of the which movie. Which is really cool, Which is uh, really cool, and it's a bunch of vintage uh, postcard-looking things, uh, you know, showing all the areas of the country, you know, like, some of them are funny cartoons. Some of them are, like, photos of areas, and it actually ends with Chicago, Illinois as a postcard, and then cuts into and it's Chicago. Yes. And that's where we're introduced to the scene where Chevy, uh, where Clark Griswold and his son Rusty are dropping off their old station wagon to get a much new cooler car. Yes. And they drop it off at the car dealership. Now this is going to throw me, this throws me a bit. Yeah. Uh, for some reason they go into the city to go to a dealership yeah. to buy a car. Despite the fact that in like the next scene you find out they live in the suburbs. Probably the North Shore because it's a John Hughes movie. Right. Which is like it's it's baffling to me why why you would ever want to drive into the city proper to buy a car whenever the de- like you'll probably get better prices and, and easier access to the dealership. Who knows? I don't know. But anyway, Eugene Levy plays a plays the salesman who uh, basically they 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 expect to get the 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 blue sportster yeah like sports there's like car, an Arctic blue Arctic blue sports, sports something car, sport, yeah. sports sedan or something. Yeah. And uh, when they go to get it, it's actually an even uglier looking station wagon in green than the one that they... Pea green. Pea green. Uh, and, uh, I think they called it, what, uh, neon pea or something? Like, something it was something like ridiculous that, right? like that. Yeah. 
And um, oh, and imagine by the way, this is surprising that it is Chicago at all because you know John Hughes doesn't like to set movies anywhere in the Chicago area. Yeah, like ever, ever. You yeah. Know? So um, it's not it's not like him at all. Yeah, and I totally forgot Eugene Levy was in this movie. Yeah, that me was too. Like, I, I was like, oh my god, Eugene Levy's in yeah. this movie. I totally forgot. He plays the the car dealer. Yeah, he's the car dealer, yeah. and he, he's playing a standard Eugene Levy character, kind of smarmy. kind of shady and smarmy, and his eyes are a little crossed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which right is kind on. of the, the the standard Eugene Levy uh, role. You Actually, did... late career Eugene Levy is more of a nebbishy guy. Early Eugene Levy is a little more of a. You did me- mention that Harold Ramis directed this. Yes, right? and yeah, okay, Harold okay. Ramis directed. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, Second City slash SNL crossover yes. in the casting of this, which is not surprising because if I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, Chevy Chase got started on in, on the National Lampoon Review. I think so. Um, on you know like on stage, and uh, obviously the Second City people were very connected with the early days of SNL. Right. You know, and so, so, there, so there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of bleeding there. Like, and at this time, these guys were still like they were starting to move on to different things. But like from like 1975 to 1985, most comedy in America was largely dominated by people who either came out of SNL, came out of Second City, or both. You know, or na- or the National Lampoon. Like the, that was basically where most mainstream American hip comedy was coming out of. It. So, so Still Eugene Levy and and Chevy Chase and Anthony Michael Hall, who plays Rusty the Son, are having this conversation, and basically they're trying to t- say, you know, we know you're trying to screw us. Give us the car that we and ordered. And they're like, oh, and meanwhile they've taken the car off, and they're oh, they've already demolished the the <laughs> car they brought in for so trading, ridiculous. which is completely unbelievable. But like, you know, and I just want to point out, like, nobody would know this unless you're like my brother or you remember me from childhood but we had that exact car we had that Oldsmobile that they ended Mm -hmm. up crushing which was just weird to me like watching that and I was like oh my god that's that was our that was my car and and it was just anyway it was one of those moments where you see your own car and it's just random and by and for and for the record um the 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 family truckster it just if if you are a car nerd I I did find the information out that it's not me I'm not but uh, apparently the 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 wagon queen family truckster station wagon is uh, it's 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 modified off of a 1979 Ford LTD Country Squire station wagon. Ah. Uh, it, it is specific to the movie the way they designed it. it. There's no actual you know, there's no actual station wagon that looks exactly like that. Um, you know, there's uh, there's a bunch of like paneling all like fake wood panel decals all over it in places that most like I don't think normally you don't usually get the wood paneling on the hood. hood. Yeah, it's a little bizarre. You know, and you know, and there's like. These strange, like oddly, oddly placed fuel filler door, and the airbag made from a trash can liner, yeah, which is just, which is that. But that, yeah, that that is, yeah, that that is, that the, the family truckster is definitely an iconic part of the movie. It's definitely kind of a character. It in is its, its own, own right, character, yeah. You know, and so, and and I guess so. Like as I had forgotten because I hadn't seen it in a while, it is introduced with the 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 acquisition of said vehicle for the trip. Yes. Um, and so then, then they um, drive. So they finally have to leave with it because they go to get their car back, and their car is completely demolished and crushed. So yeah, and, and, so. and, and then basically, uh, when, and they're leaving the next day to go when on they go this when trip. they go. Yeah, they're, they're going on vacation. He doesn't really have an option because he's gonna have to wait weeks for another car, and also his own car is smashed now. Yeah. So they, they go home to their place in the suburbs. They're a fairly nice house because because Clark makes a good living yeah. apparently making food additives. Yes. Uh, like he's not a poor man. No. Um, you know. First, I thought you said porn man. He's not no, a porn he's not man. A, uh, I, be a little bit of a porn man, uh, you know, to be honest. Uh, but uh, he's, I mean, he's definitely lecherous, and that 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 seed runs through the character throughout all yes. of the vacation movies uh, in some capacity. Truth. But um, so they go back up to their home in the suburbs, mm-hmm. and uh, basically, his wife and daughter, uh, he- Ellen, and uh, Dan- 
Audrey Dana. is the Audrey, I'm, I was about to say, Dana, Dana, Dana Barron actress, is the actress yeah. who plays her in this movie. And that's something I think if people who are familiar with the vacation movies know is that uh, Rusty and Audrey are never played by the same actor twice. Right. There's even a joke, I think, in Vegas Vacation where Clark like says, you, it's like you, you kids are growing up so fast I hardly I even recognize, recognize you. you. Yeah. You know, because yeah, like every movie. Because like the kids all stay basically in their teens over the 15-year run of original vacation movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Um, um, so, but um, yeah. but so uh, anyway, he he explains to uh, to uh, to Beverly D'Angelo, uh, Ellen, uh, using the almost identical language that Eugene Levy used to try to sell the car to him. Right. That why it was why it was a good choice. And yeah. So they end up they end up basically leaving. Uh, before they leave, though, there's a funny little uh, bit where. Um, where Clark says, "Oh, um, I want to go look at the triptych." Yeah, and, and he always turns on his computer. He makes his, Rusty turn off his video game. He turns up like I think it was a Trash Eighty. I thought it was like a Commodore. I might have been a Commodore, but it was definitely one of those. It was definitely one of those uh, old school, those old like the ones you would hook to your television, right? You know, and he turns like, it on. If you're and old then, enough to remember that, there was a time whenever you would like you you could you could have a monitor or you could just plug the t- the computer into your TV. television. Yeah. So uh, they he turns it on and uh, at the it, same time Rusty turns on his game, which is like some reformed like version com- of Pac-Man. of Pac Man. Yeah, because well, we were still in the middle of Pac Mania. Yeah. I think this is 1983. Like Pac Mania was more 82, but like Pac like it was still kind of like what well, was being filmed. It was it was also mainstream video like. For several years after Pac-Man was big, that's what video games were to, yeah. to, to most adults, you know, at that point. So um, as he's he likes puts up the truckster, which again, funny enough, in his in the original when he first created this, they had this other car, but now now yeah, the so, icon that comes up is this truckster. Oh yeah, it, it's it's incredibly unbelievable, and it's like a dotted line that like is showing the route he's going. It looks like he's probably taking Route 66, yes. by the way, if if you like, it looks like because it's it's the one that starts in Chicago and goes across the country, right. Because they're going to California. Because they're going to California to go to Wally World, so which is, I guess, in uh, Wanaheim. Yeah, maybe, because, no, it's in Wanaheim. Yeah. So they, well, yeah, Wally World is obviously for for legal reasons what they have to call what is supposed to obviously be Disney World. Right. Um, although it ends up looking more like a Six Flags. Yes, it does, um, and I think that's where they actually ended up. Um, I'm sure they filmed it. Filmed some, it there, you know, like like some not maybe not a Six Flags, but something similar. Very similar, yeah. So anyway, so they so they so he starts to have the little car draw like with the little dotted line and then of course Rusty turns on his game and starts to eat the And then and then at one point Audrey attacks him with a flying saucer and he's like, Thank you, Audrey. You know, it, it, it's, 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 it's funny a in a stupid moment. way. Yeah, it's stupid, you know, but... I will say this, it's it's kind of weirdly out of place in this movie. It, like, it feels more like a Zucker Yes, it does uh, kind of joke. Like this movie all right, no I'll admit, most National Lampoon movies get, like, pretty raunchy and pretty wild and pretty crazy, you know? But this one is actually, of all the National Lampoon videos, I mean, movies that I've seen, it's probably the most consistently, like, more like a film. Yeah. Like, it's still, it has an arc and it has, like, you know, it, it, it's not quite as, like, you know, just jokey. And it might be the John Hughes influence. Because John that. Hughes is not, John Hughes is a guy who t- tends to write funny-ish scripts, but not, like, straight-up wacky was this you before know? Breakfast? This had to yes, be this was. Yeah, this Bre- was. I don't breakfast think he directed anything at this point. I think he was. It was. Well, Breakfast Club was eighty five. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so no, no. Then. This is. I think this is. I. I'm pretty sure this is the. I think he. This is a year before he did Pretty in Pink. I think mm, that makes sense. Uh, which is, I think, I mean, Sixteen Candles, not Pretty in Pink. I know pretty in Pink is the. Yeah, it's the one after. It's, it's, it's the last it's, one. Yeah, it's it's like it's. I'm I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure Pretty in Pink was his first directorial debut, unless maybe he did some short films. I could look it up, but I'm not going to. It's not but I, I know this. Like he, I think he started. He was predominantly more a writer. Mm. You know, at this point. So they. Um, they they end up uh, going on this to tr- start the trip out, and um, before they get going, Ellen makes a comment about how it, are are they sure they don't want to fly? 
because they could get tickets. And he's like, no, it's a family vacation. We this get is back in the day when you could get plane tickets the day before a trip yeah. easily. And um, they wouldn't be cost you an arm and a leg. And also, well, they probably would, but they're, you know, like, but like, but you, you, you wouldn't have to go through all the, the hoops and jumps of yeah. security. You know, you could get a ticket pretty quickly. Pretty quickly, right. You know, um, and also, and also like, so yeah, they, they load up the car. Yeah, she, it, Clark's like, no, I want to spend time with my family. And he actually has a line where he talks about how it's like, is it here or is it when he's talking to Rusty and he's like talking about vacations with the family and how they're great? Like, but he, like, I want to spend time with my family. I never see my kids. Yeah, he's and, like, I never see and, them. But like, I think he said later when he's talking to Rusty, yeah. he talks about the fact that every year his family go on vacation and yeah. they were never any good. But yeah. yeah like, it, like it was like his attempt to like, and I think, I think it's a pretty, I, I mean, I think that's kind of pretty much the thesis of this movie is basically like family vacations are always kind of insane and nightmarish and everyone, like they're always, they, you always expect them to be better than they are. And usually, stereotypically, it's usually the dad who thinks they can like do everything on a on a schedule and get everywhere that they need to go. And right. like we're gonna we're gonna squeeze all the fun out of this we can. Yes. And they and and you never remember later all the really crappy parts of the vacation. You just you just remember right. the fun parts because that's the parts you take the pictures of. So um, remember too. So they end up they end up hitting the road. Yep. Um, there's a little some gags where they they you know like they knock they they, they leave the car and like they have all these things on the top of the truckster because they've got so much stuff packed that it gets knocked off by the garage door right. they have to start over and then they get going on their way down to the town to la or whatever through the strange route of going down lakeshore drive yeah we're not quite sure like uh, like everyone who ever watches movies film where they live is always like amazed by how bad the geography yeah. is but this is especially comical it's done because everyone knows lakeshore drive and it's iconic and it's a beautiful yeah. looking like shot of the city but if you live in the chicago suburbs there is no reason to go down i guess down sheridan like i take this way to work in the morning, but there's no reason to go down Sheridan and like take Lakeshore Drive to get over to what to Route 66, which is in the middle of the city, instead of just going down and taking a highway. Yeah. There, you know, like there's no there's no there's no rhyme or reason to why they would go that way, but it it, it sounds nice, and we get a chance to hear Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones. Yes, we do. Like a little tiny guest appearance by uh you know at the, time, so, at the time of fairly not well known. So the reason that that <laughs> so. that, that song comes in is because they, they're singing um, the Marty Moose theme, which is actually very funny. And then um, the parents start oh, yeah. to sing together. So we get to hear the, the Beverly. Sing along. And we hear, yeah, we hear Beverly D'Angelo's excellent really singing voice. Well, sound. Beverly D'Angelo's an excellent She's singer. amazing. Yeah, yeah, again, she played Patsy Cline in Coal Miner's Daughter. Mm-hmm. She, was, she played Lurleen Lumpkin on The Simpsons episode. She's and she did job. all the singing herself on that. Yeah, she's great. You know, she's, so she's got an excellent. So singing. what the kids do at that point is they're like, "This is you know crap," and they put on their yeah, headphones. Yeah, because the whole thing was we, like, and the, the argument Clark had was, you know, we don't want everyone. You get on a plane, everyone just puts on their headphones and zones out the yeah. world, and it turns out they do that anyway. You do it anyway. So, um, so anyway. So the idea um, is that the kids are listening to Blitz. And by, and then it cuts a little later, and Clark's still trying to sing, and uh, you can tell Beverly D'Angelo is miserable yeah. and still trying to sing along with him, and you can tell like you, just, you can see the bleakness that is driving anywhere in the Midwest. Yes. Oh my God! I'm like, oh man, that is Midwest driving. And, and then like, it, there's oh. like a. Oh, there, it looked like there was an oil derrick at one point, and I'm like, where in rural Illinois are there oil derricks? So the, the, there's this bit that happens where um, he wants to. He's like, they're talking, and you know, he mentions. Remember back in the day when you know we would go driving together and whatever. Is like, do you want to put your head in my lap? And she's like, oh, and he's like, I don't mean that. And then he, she puts her, her head in his lap, and then he tries to put the wheel over her head, and it gets mm. stuck, and the kids wake up and they you know what i mean yeah, it's, it's like just, very it was very gross and there yeah there's a well and they, let me see by the way this movie is a lot slower paced than i yeah. remembered it being i like i i remembered it being a little more joke a minute 
But it's so actually, then, it's it's fairly slow paced, and we get we get uh, let me see the we get uh, one fairly prob- problematic bit early on. It's this movie was actually weirdly enough less problematic than yeah. I remembered. Like I remembered all the problematic parts, but there yeah. wasn't other than this, there wasn't that much more yeah. in the problematic side than than what I'd remembered. A lot of times you watch these movies and you're just like, oh, yeah, that's like a lot. there's surprisingly no homophobia in this movie. No homophobia. Um, I, I like there's no like. Like I, I'm just I'm stunned by that because you know there's very I don't think there's any Asian stereotypes anywhere in the movie. I don't uh, think so. Uh, the native characters don't act stereotypical. I think like you see I think you see a couple of people that are Mexican, but they don't. They, there's no stereotype there. No. You know, it's mostly the. But unfortunately, we do get. Uh, I mean, it's not too bad, but we do get uh, the Griswolds taking a wrong turn. Uh, while 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 he is my dadding so hard on a, like a lecture, make a long turn, and they end up in like the they end up in the like the St. Louis ghetto. Yes, and you get actually, but it, I will say this: uh, you know, yes, they, they get surrounded by a bunch of African Americans who st- who basically, while they're asking for directions, uh, one of them is talking to them, and everyone's stealing their hubcaps and spray painting the car. Yep. But I will say this: that it, it is one of the funnier jokes because they're asking a guy for directions, and he he makes them give him money, and they, they're telling the story. You know, he says, you, what you need to do is you need to go down. You see that abandoned Grand Torino down there. Knock on there. Talk to my talk to my brother. He lives there. He'll tell you that because I don't really know because I'm, I'm from West Chicago. I'm just here on vacation. Yeah. Which is very funny because he's from where they're from, yeah. basically. Um, and he also has no idea where, how to get around. But um, anyway, that it's a pretty jo- pretty decent joke in, in a fairly problematic look at all the black criminals because I think right. other than the security guard at the end I'm pretty sure the only black characters in this movie are those criminals yes I think so. so it's a little not great in right. that regard um, uh, and the next the next thing I really remember is their first night at the hotel where they like, he falls well, they asleep end up, they, they fa- they he falls asleep, asleep on the road that's a pretty good comedy they all bit. fall asleep on the road in the last they, shot you see it's a, it's a, there's a very uh, one of the shots of, uh, and probably the first shot in this movie that I'm like I really remembered like where I probably came in mm-hmm. is that panning across everyone asleep in the car and it finally yes. gets to Clark and he's also asleep. Yes. You know. And, and they then, end up driving off the road and they end up actually, it's kind of a brilliant moment where he like hits the brakes and when they finally, you know, pull in, they, they end up, the car just ends up pulled into a parking lot of a motel and he's like, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a, yep. it's a great And uh, we get, and then we get, we get some, uh, you know, we get some uh, gratuitous breasts. Uh, gratuity. Gratuity, yes. We get some very gratuitous uh, Beverly D'Angelo breasts. I mean, it's For fine. No reason. I, like, it's fine. Like, hey, I got to see a topless person. That's I mean, great. But, but there's I, like, no reason. It, it, like, it, it's very, like, as, as Allie pointed out, like, she, like, first they get a scene of her in the shower or whatever. That's fine. I get why, like, I can get that. But then later on, she comes out and she's got an open pajama shirt. There's no reason that Why you would she not put the buttons if you're wearing you're, a shirt? Let me tell you something. The only reason that you're going to have that shirt open, there's two reasons. One is if you're just about to take it off to have sex. Or two, if you're about to nurse a baby. There's yeah. no reason to just, she's brushing her hair with her top open. There's no reason. <laughs> it's very, it's very ridiculous. And then I, I, is that, is that where they try to have sex and they came in, come in on, the kids come in on them or something? No, with the, with the, with the vibrating bed. Oh, maybe that's the one, yeah. yeah. That might yeah, be that was, uh, yeah. yeah, that was, yeah. I was going to comment on like the nostalgia of uh, beds you could put quarters into and quarter rolls that are just made of paper that you fold up. Yes. <laughs> but uh, that, that's about it. Uh, I don't know. Like, they, they jump ahead. There's, there's a lot of, it's very picaresque. They just, it like, is. That's all, in fact, they, I think they, in the pitch they had trouble selling this movie originally. Because they're like, because oh, they stop in all these different it's locations. Ba- because yeah. basically there's not like an arc of movie. No. So much as these things happen, but that's a vacation. You know, they go to Dodge City and it's very touristy and stupid. And, uh, Wyatt Earpy. And- yeah. And, you know, and they... They 
uh, Clark Griswold gets pretend shot by a shotgun. Yeah. In a scene where I, I have to say he played along very well. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like he gets shot and then yeah. he you know, jumps up in the. Yeah. Then there's and a big joke about the kids. Get, and there's hear- a big joke about the kids actually losing their hearing because, um, you know, the shotgun was so loud. What's up, baby? Um, uh, uh, what is bite. the shush, shush, shush for? Why are you, why are you pointing at I'm me? I'm shushing shushing. the baby, not you. Oh, well, you were pointing at me. I didn't know what I, I was did point, wrong. I was pointing at your breast saying, let's Beverly D'Angelo this kid. <laughs> All right, let's do it. I mean, you can just say that. Well, I've, I was, you were, you were talking. I didn't want to interrupt you. I wanted to, I thought maybe you could read yeah, But you gave me, you gave me angry. Read the baby. I you gave, gave me, you gave me angry face. <laughs> I, I don't like sharing. Uh, anyway, uh, around this time, we also get we also get one of the one of the the only other like dated part that really stuck out to me was we get a hard R. Oh from, yeah. Uh, around that time from uh, from from Audrey. Yes. Yeah, we get the. They're fighting in the back. Yeah, and the, she she so hard R's uh, uh, Rusty. And the hard R we know is the is it's an ableist term that I think we can probably figure out. Yeah, I think um, everybody understands that. You know, and, and if you don't so look it up. So outside of Dodge City is where we first uh, introduce uh, another character, the played by the, the the haunting Ferrari or whatever car she's driving. Yes. theme. I can't remember what car it is. Uh, I think Trans it a, Am might have been a Corvette. Corvette. Like, I think it was a Corvette. Like, that makes much more sense. But we see Mrs. Billy Joel. Yes. I don't know if she was still if she was Mrs. Billy Joel yet. I don't know. I think they had just done Uptown Girl. So yeah, I don't think that, so. Yeah. So um, I thought that was an '84. Do oh. I know more about Billy Joel than you, you do? Might. Somehow? I don't know. Wow, that's weird. Uh, but anyway, uh, although I, I do have to say. Um, she is apparently attracted to terrible drivers <laughs> because yes. Clark makes a lot of driving mistakes in this. But yeah, there's a running thing where basically Christy Brinkley, introducing Christy Brinkley yes. in this, her film debut. And I don't know, like I'm sure she's done other movies since, but I think she mostly ends up playing this character. Yeah, she's just herself. Well, she normally just plays, no, she normally just plays, she usually plays the blonde in a sports, red sports right car. Yeah. Like usually like everything I've ever seen her in other than magazine covers is her basically playing this character. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, you know like the Hughes sexy woman the right, in the car. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so uh, so she shows up. Clark flirts. So this can be a running thing where Clark is flirting with this girl who keeps driving by him in in, in the Ferrari. Um, or I keep saying Ferrari. I know it's not a Ferrari. I think it's a Corvette. I think it probably is. Now, I, my now brain. You have to look I, it up, I, I always want to say. I always want to say Ferrari, and I know that I'm sure it actually says what type of car it is. I'm sure it does. Yeah, no, it is a Ferrari. It's an '83 Ferrari. Okay, so you're right. It's a Ferrari. Okay, I was right. My my instincts were right. It is a Ferrari. Okay. So basically, nothing really happens until they go meet cousin Eddie. Cousin Eddie. And I can't remember his wife's name now. I don't remember. But but cousin Eddie, a rare dignified role by Randy Quaid. Probably the most dignified we'll ever see Randy Quaid. Who plays his wife? His wife. The reason it's important is because she's in another one of my favorite '80s movies, which is Mr. Mom. Um, so if you know that, Catherine, movie. yeah, Miriam Flynn, yes, yes, yeah, she's delightful. Yeah, because yeah, cousin Eddie is married into the family, and I will say this sequence is like an, it's already basically like a vacation, like it's like going on vacation with my dad, like watching this movie. My dad is essentially in very many ways Clark Griswold. Oh yes, you know he tells dad jokes. He occasionally like when, especially when he's at like a family vacation or something, he he tends to want to pontificate about like the meaning meaning of things. <laughs> He drinks a little bit and then becomes very sort of he doesn't nostalgic flirt. and weepy. He doesn't flirt no. with supermodels. No, he's not. Like he's, he's not, not a, lecherous he, he, like yeah, that. He's not lecherous. Uh-uh. But my dad is basically a non-lecherous Clark Griswold. It's kind of adorable. Yeah, like to the point where we even like he even refers to the family as the Griswolders. He, yeah, this I mean, is not, not like uh, he knows it. But I will say this is a weird thing because this is like visiting some of my more distant family members. Like, like I, I feel like I'm in the epicenter of not a redneck at all. But 
no matter where you move away from me and my family, the further and more distant my relatives are, the scarier they get. And this segment really does remind me of like very distant relatives I've met over the years that are like, like you go there and you kind of don't really know them. Like Rusty and Audrey specifically, like you don't really know these kids. They're, they're, they're kind of weird. They, their life is so different than yours. They're out in the middle of nowhere. They're usually poor. You know, and it, it like it, it it's weird because it's I know it's played for ridiculousness, but it rings truer than yeah. lar- than a lot of the movie. Like it really does feel like. Well, like, going to visit your family when um when we went to when we stayed at Uncle Bill's that yeah. one time and like meeting some of the family that came in for the funeral. Yeah. Was that was for your aunt? My aunt Pearl. Pearl's. Family. No, my aunt Edna was still alive at this. Yes, point. that's right. I met your aunt, aunt, aunt your aunt Edna. Yes. No one. No <laughs> um, one of my family says aunt. Yeah. Um, but getting the tour of Uncle Bill's house felt like this to some degree. Although, although Bill was definitely solidly well off compared Cons- to, consi- compared, compared like, to Bill, this, yes. Like, Bill but was no. not nearly as scary. No. And by the way, and they no. get scarier as the movies go on. They get yes. weirder they and get more weirder and weirder, yeah. This, you know, this is their relatively not so although, bad. Like, the, like uh, the only really legit, like, weird moment from all of this, there are two. One is, of course, the, uh... They call it hamburger helper, but it goes just fine by itself, you yeah. know, or whatever. And um, and of course Jane Krakowski. Yes, that's right, Jane Krakowski as a as a young teenager and probably her first major role. And she didn't really do much for a long time after this. I think she did stuff on stage. I yeah, she, she was, was a stage, stage, actor. stage actor. No, but I mean, but she wasn't yeah. really doing. Fa- but even then, I don't think her stage stuff was until for like probably. many years after this. I think like the '90s maybe. But um, but uh, you know, as as when she says that she's that she's in a relationship and she French kisses and then uh, Audrey says, "What's the big deal? Everybody does that." And, and then she a, says, "But Daddy says I'm the best at it." Yeah, which is a very disturbing line. Yes. Um, you know, and it's you know it's weird because Eddie, other than that, is not really depicted as a weird no. Creep, you know, like ever. So like Eddie's an Eddie's not a bad person, just a a loser, just a loser, and, and he, a weirdo, and a weirdo. And you find out later that. The, so the boys together, the the two the two older the, so the the two kids that are the same similar ages as Audrey and Rusty are one is Jane Gorkowski and one's this other kid Dale. Yeah, and Dale, and he's um, he's one of those. He's been in a lot of things in the eighties. He didn't yeah. really do much after that. He yeah. he he's like, uh, do you have? So uh, Rusty keeps asking him like, what do you have? Do you have Pac Man? Do you have asteroids? He's like, you know, whatever. And he's like, well, what do you do here for fun? And he's like, well, I got a stack of nudie books this high. Yeah. And so they go and start. They, they basically yeah they watch nudie books and apparently Rusty learns how to masturbate. Yep. Um, and meanwhile, Which is a child, I didn't understand what he meant when he said, yeah, he yeah. literally uses this term. He says, you ever bop your baloney? Yeah. And it's like, what does that even mean? I remember being a kid being like, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I, I think, had I no think, idea. Well, I think the reason they use that term is because, uh, you know, if you use a vague enough term like that, an adult, adult will, know, will get adult it, will get it, kid won't. Get but it. It, whereas if you actually say masturbate, a kid could go to a dictionary. <laughs> yeah, there's no internet, you know, in 1983. You know, you're not gonna go. You're not gonna look that up and be. You know, you're not gonna be able to do a boolean search with like quote bop your baloney end quote and see if if that's ever been used to turn. You know. And on the other side of the the coin, you have uh, Audrey Audrey's making with, like Audrey's looking like Ugh, you're a farmer. What, yeah. what farming's not cool. What's so cool about farming? Right. And then Jane Krakowski gives her a look and opens up a uh, shoebox. Shoebox, and it's like. Full, full to the brim weed. with pot, you know. Yeah. It's got like you know, just full of it, and like so she's like, ah, I you know, I get it now. Which, and I will say this, I, you know, I, I've actually never smoked rope with my relative, my distant relatives, but I have definitely gotten secretly drunk with with relatives <laughs> behind my family's back, so I get it, you know. Yeah, that works. You know, that's a, that that is definitely a, a vacation rite of passage. You know, like doing things behind the back of family members. By the way, but on the whole, Eddie's family is super depressing. They're so depressing because they need money, and Eddie's a lo- and Eddie's like 
like I mean, as wacky as Eddie is, I I remembered those that the 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 Eddie scenes when I was a kid. Like I always thought they were like raucous and crazy, but they're not. No. It's very bleak, and their house is just it's just a poor person's house. Yeah, and not it's just a, kind of they're sad. not like they're not like so poor that they don't have things, but it's like everything's a little older, everything's a little run down. They have five kids, and then she's also pregnant with. They're sick. And 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 she. There's a line where she says, you know, when when the sick when the new, when the new baby comes, Eddie says, I can quit one of my night jobs. Yeah, it's just so like it's sad. just it's so sad. Like Eddie's just a loser. There's a really funny scene where he uh, where he like he when he would like, and I will say Eddie's very friendly until like until the, until the kids are gone. Yeah. And then he gets really down and depressed. But there's a scene where he's just sitting there like he's got two cores like banquet beers <laughs> yeah. on like the plastic rings, and he opens one. And he's talking to Clark and, and sipping out of it. And, uh, you know, and he's, like, talking about how bad bad it's going. And he's like, oh, but, you know, like, I'm depressed. You, you, you look thirsty. You need a brew. And he's like, I could use one. And he, and, and he hands him the one he already opened and opens himself a fresh one. one. Really which, is, which, is a, which is a great moment. It's a great moment. It's good. It's some good comedy. I forget. There was a time whenever I really loved Randy Quaid. And it's really sad that Randy Quaid is completely batshit crazy. Yeah. Because, like, it's like it's like learning, oh, wow, I guess Randy Quaid wasn't really acting. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. So, yeah, the, the family's very depressing. We meet the, we meet Aunt Edna that we mentioned before oh, is uh, Imogene Coca. And, and Aunt Edna's a terrible, mean old woman who's just, like, she's she's basically Rash. moved in with him to help take care of things after after Eddie's spleen ruptured. But then you find out that she's, she's going to continue to send her social security checks. So, obviously. Like, she's taking care of them. She's taking care of them. But they, but, but what, but. The thing is, we learned that they have to take Edna. Like they, like they basically spring. Not only did they ask him for money. Oh yeah, they asked him for fifty thousand dollars. Fifty two thousand dollars. Fifty two thousand dollars. Clark ends up giving him five hundred dollars yeah. out of the cash he has in his wallet. Yeah. Uh, and because they still have their credit cards, they'll be yeah, fine. They'll be fine. Um, <laughs> and. And uh, and so Edna's now coming with them on a trip, and the next morning they learn that means her dog, uh, Dinky, Dinky uh, which I think they nicknamed Stinky or something, because it was like I, I swear to God, the first time they said her, said the name, I thought it was Stinky, and then mm-hmm. it goes back into Dinky, uh, and Dinky's just this horrible, you know, snarly dog that bites everyone, and and the reason and, they didn't meet him the night before is because he, he had the shits, and so, so he, he slept in, in the barn. barn. Yeah, he's a terrible dog, like like he's Sparky level. Um, only unlike Sparky, he has enough teeth to, to do some damage. I have to I have to do a, a hold up for a moment because um, we didn't mention this, but one of the nick the, the the nickname that Ellen calls Clark during this entire movie is Sparky, so that was just awkward. Yeah, that was especially when they're like having their sexy times. Yeah, having marital relations. Yes, is that what they call it? That's what I'm calling it to th- to not think about Chevy Chase having sex. Um, so anyway, we they leave the family with with her, and then boom, we get Holiday Road again. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, you know filled me with delight, um, and they're back on the road, and they go to, they go out to picnic. Yes. You know, like, I know there's a scene somewhere where rusty socks are in someone's face. That that's uh, something's probably around here, or yeah. maybe before here. It's before here. Yeah, um, that, that's a famous enough thing that like yeah. uh, you know I just wanted to mention that it happened. Um, but they they go out for a picnic, and they're getting you know, like they're having their bologna and cheese sandwiches, and this is great because apparently, like you hear the theme yeah. of uh, the Ferrari woman. And Chevy Chase looks up like it's like he heard, he the, heard theme the theme too, yeah. and then you see her dancing, and I'm like, wait, is this music diegetic? Yeah, like it doesn't because it sounds like it's on the soundtrack, but she's dancing to the music, and then Chevy Chase is like, he has walked over and he's dancing, looking at her and being sexy with a sandwich, and uh, right before he bites it, it cuts back to them going, why does the sandwich smell so weird? Oh God, you know, Dinky has uh, has urinated on the on the picnic basket, and Clark like like takes a bite right at right at that moment realizes it and spits it out yep. 
And then uh, you see Imogene Coca look at the, look at the sandwich he's already half finished with, and just shrug and keep eating. So wrong, so um, wrong. But I, I just I, again, I just want to know. Like, I love that he recognizes her by her theme song. Yeah, like, I mean, literally, that moment kills me. Yeah, it's a great moment. Like, um, so they go back on, and they go, they 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 end up in Colorado, and they're going to stay at a campground, and they rent three tents from Brian Doyle Murray. Yes, and they're outraged at paying thirty seven dollars to get three tents for the night. And uh, my God, inflation has changed us because right? I I can't imagine no matter how crappy and yes these tents are crappy i don't i can't imagine how crappy a, a set of three tents in a campground would have to be that 37 dollars seems like too much for a night right, right. you can't even stay at a motel six for 37 dollars nope. in a single room nope. <laughs> these days so uh and the tents actually look like mash set it looks they like the, do like, they do they're, 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 they're not like just they're not yeah. tents they're cabins with like canvas walls yeah more than you know so Basically, we they, they have some they have some adventures there in a boring way. Um, like they go to oh, that's when they try to have se- yeah they, yeah they, they try, try to go swimming and like they try to have sex in a in a in a sleeping bag and it's not as sexy as uh, as she wants it to be and then um, uh, they, and then the dog attacks them yes and uh, then you the, see the pool and the pool is basically it looks like it's a river it has like two like, geese in it <laughs> yeah I thought they were swans maybe I'm wrong no they are geese oh, they're geese okay. those are geese um, very funny funny moment so then they're getting ready you can to tell leave. they're geese because i was willing to fight them i'm not i'm not gonna fight a swan but i'll punch so a they're getting goose. so they're getting ready to leave and um they're uh they they're packing up the car and this is where i basically um, Allie checks out. out what happens is the dog escapes somehow and is never seen again and there's a scene with james keach uh beloved beloved sex pervert from moving violations playing a cop again i did not see an eye twitch in this and remember i was speculating that maybe that was a character choice yes I think it was because his eye doesn't twitch at all in this. This is, again, Stacey Keach's younger brother. Yes. Uh, James Keach of the acting Keach family. Um, and he, he plays a cop that is very torn up about the fact that that poor dog escaped and lived happily ever after on a farm and ends up giving them back the leash. And uh, that and, and that moves into the desert sequence. Yes. Where uh, for the umpteenth time, Clark is not a very good driver. And he ends up accidentally driving off a closed road because while they were trying to fold the map, they missed all the signs saying road closed. And they, were, they weren't listening to Audrey as she said, uh, yeah, I, saw, I think I saw a road closed sign. Oh, they get bigger like that. And, you know, and, they, and they're like, ah! right. they drive, they leap, they, they leap through the air, uh, as Rusty says, like 50 yards, land on the ground flat. The tires get popped. The car, like the, the stuff on top of the car flies everywhere. And this is when you get to see Ellen actually stand up to Aunt Edna, who's been terrible this whole yeah. trip. Yeah, she yeah she just basically yells at Edna and, and tells her to sit in the car and not do anything else. And I think that's the last time we actually hear anything from Edna. I think you're right. I think, I think Ellen yells her to death. <laughs> <laughs> so so basically, um, so basically, uh, Chevy Chase goes off to try and rescue them. So he goes off into the desert with no water. Has, he's just and he's running. The, and, and what's weird is there's a, there's a road. Yeah. There's a road that they just drove off of. Go to the road and walk down the road. He just walks across the, the desert. desert. He's like ah. But no. right before that, he has a, he has sort of a heart to heart with Rusty. And that is the most my dad yeah. I think he's ever been. And the and best he's part sharing about, a beer with Rusty and Rusty just downs, downs it on his thing. turn while, and his while he's bloviating. Far falling apart. Oh, that's and like, like, yeah. That might be some of the best com- physical comedy yeah. in this. Like like Chevy Chase is not a comedian that I'm. A, huge fan of on yeah. the whole i think i like his kind of smug asshole routine is not really my thing right but when he's being sincere and inept as clark griswold that's probably the best you're gonna like the, my favorite like kind of chevy chase comedy you know like and yeah when he's just the glasses are just falling off and he's just kind of ignoring them or just brushing them aside yeah. as he goes on and on about the meaning of this and that and vacations when he was a child and rusty's just shotgunning that beer yeah. essentially um 
So anyway, he goes off. He, he, he gets lost. He's wandering. He's going crazy. He thinks he's going to die. He finally wanders into town. There's a scene when these two natives are on like horses looking at him and they're like, what an asshole. Yeah. You know, and uh, like basically while he was gone, people came up and rescued the family and, to- and towed them to a garage. He runs into them. He's like completely dry and parched. And he's like, hey, guys. Yeah, really <laughs> so they, 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 get them, they get their stuff together. They get the car back and he's forced to pay fi- like the rest of the money in his wallet to drive the car off. And it's like the, car- the tires are wobbling. They're bald. He's like, yeah. you know, you know, uh, and they're like, well, it can only get better from then. And then you then you see uh, the valise falling off the top of the car. Yes. Uh, which is her, her beauty case or whatever. And this is probably one of those moments where I'm like, you know, Ellen, you're going to get very mad later about this, but. Why did you put your money in something on top of the car? Duh! Right. That's I mean, Ellen, Ellen you're ever. mostly you're mostly the, the voice of reason in this family, yeah. but that was dumb. Yeah. Put your money in the glove compartment or in something inside, inside the, the car. car. Why would you pack it on top of the car? That's so that's so gone, stupid. and they basically at this point they're you know they've got no money. They go. They've got no way of doing anything. Um, they're trying to go see the Grand Canyon. They're trying to go see the Grand the Grand Canyon, but they go to they go to a hotel to write a check. Yeah. And at that point, the guy won't take the check because his credit card's canceled because Clark responsibly called to report the credit card's missing. And the bank basically canceled all their cards. Right. Because they probably had the same type of card. Right. And so the guy won't take a check without a major credit card, but he won't take a major credit card because it's been canceled. And the guy goes off and it's like he's going to write him a check for $1,000, you know, let him keep $700 because he just needs $300. Uh, you know, and the guy still won't take it. It's like, you'll have to hold for 10 days until the check clears. Because this is back in the day when checks just wouldn't clear right. forever. And he goes off and Clark hits it, like angrily slams his fist down on the counter and it opens up the... Uh, cash register. Cash, and he empties the cash register out and leaves his check there. Which was which, nice of him. I guess that was nice of him, but I wouldn't have. I, I mean, I wouldn't have either. <laughs> you know, I would have just gone. Uh, well, you know. one thing is because then they can trace back who did it. Exactly. I know. Like, like that's the reason. It has nothing to do with, like, I wouldn't want to pay it, but, like, yeah. I'd probably but, just... he, but anyway, he runs, off, he runs off with that money, and he's like, go, 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 go. Uh, the Grand they, Canyon, great, let's they go. They go to the Grand Canyon, um, and at a certain point, uh, after there, there's a shot that uh, Allie was like, this is a matte painting. I'm like, yeah, it does look really fake, but it was actually filmed in Arizona, so I think it wasn't. I think it just was shot, like, in a flat way. It just looked really bad. Because um, I don't know why they would get uh, permission to shoot in Arizona, not just shoot the Grand Canyon itself. Um so they go off, um, they have a fight, Clark and Ellen, and uh, Clark, Clark goes off to the bar to console himself, and he instantly starts flirting with women, which is gross. This yeah, is a moment, really this gross. is a really gross moment where it's like, like, Clark, this is where you can feel the National Lampoon uh, feeling of this movie is, you know, like, it, it has to be cynical enough that Clark is, you know, more than willing to go through with cheating on his wife. Yes. Like, he's not, like, it's not a thing where it's like he gets in a situation and then, like, you know, it's like awkward awkward comedy from that. He's definitely trying. Christy Brinkley shows up, and he doesn't recognize her at first, you know, until she's right there, and probably because her theme song wasn't playing. Yeah, I agree. Like, had her, her theme, theme song, song actually started playing, he'd have he looked, looked up and, up found, and found her. her. Yep. Uh, so, basically, he flirts with her, pretends that he's not really married, and that he owns the hotel chain, and that he's just pretending and going around the country. It's this incredibly bad lie. I don't think she even believes it, but no. uh, but she, she basically she takes along. it. She takes, she plays along and like she takes him out to go swimming and they're going to go skinny dipping in the pool and uh, she gets naked and goes in and he's like, how's, I can't believe I'm doing this. How's the water temperature? She's like, it's exhilarating. exhilarating. And he takes off his clothes and dives in and he starts screaming about how cold it is to the point where the entire hotel wakes up, comes out and sees him in the pool with this woman. And um, Ellen obviously Ellen sees it. it. It, it, Awkwardness very much ensues. Um, 
it's in, it's an incredibly awkward uh, bit of comedy. Like it's like awkward is on a level that I don't think you see again until the British Office. Mm. You know that whole sequence where he's trying to explain himself away yeah. is very bad. Um, in all honesty, this is the point when Ellen should just be murdering him. Yeah, like there's or leaving him quite literally no reason at whatsoever for for him to get away with this. But he does. She apologizes for her attitude and how he's trying so hard. You know, to like whatever. I, I had real problems with this part of the movie. I'm sorry. This we, just was like. Oh, gross. we skipped the whole. We actually skipped ahead. We forgot to talk about the fact Edna dies. Did she die before, before this? Yes, well before this. Oh. Edna dies. They um they realize that and they're like they have this whole fight about like that's where the fight happened. That that's why the fight happened. Oh. They go uh, to her uh, to her cousin who's Normie, uh, who's Normie. supposed who's supposed they were supposed to drop her. They were supposed to drop her off at Normie's house anyway. And Normie left town, like, to go on for, like, a few, like, he's like, be back Monday. Yeah. And they're like, that insensitive, ad, like, so they leave her with a note, and they're out in the rain, and there's they a They leave her off, literally in the, in they, the had, they were driving around with her on top of the car, kind of like Granny from the Beverly Hillbillies, yes. but in, a, in, like, a garbage bag with, like, with her, um. With her purse. <laughs> with her purse, uh, strapped to her. But they, they drop her off, put an umbrella over her, and leave her, uh, there in the rain for Normie to pick up, which is also pretty evil. Because so he doesn't, because he doesn't want to deal with the inquest and any of that, you know. He's like, like at this point, we only will have three, three days, days in like, Wally World, three, you, know? you know. So, it ends up being, you know, like, so basically, like, they, it ends up that, uh, we go back now, like, we'll skip ahead. So she has that fight, that's why they went out. They, they make up. And they're gonna they're gonna have fun for the rest of the the trip, and yes. they finally are almost there. This is the last day of driving. They are there. They're heading out into Wally, into World. Wally World, and it's great. Actually, before that, um, did, did, can we can we just have a moment where they ha- where he has the breakdown? Because that's oh yeah, he has his the, insane oh yeah in the rain. That was what rain, started the yes. fight. Yeah, that was the moment where instead of him being my dad, he kind of turned into me. Yeah, he was literally Walter. Like, right like, there. like he was me. Like when I get when I'm like, no, this is how we're gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna have fun whether we want to or not. That's very that's a very me. Whenever I'm like the you anger know, like, part is you. You don't usually like you don't usually get angry to have fun. <laughs> oh no, I oh yeah I do. It's a lot of fun to yell at you. <laughs> You might be having wah, wah, fun, but wah. you don't say that it should be fun. I love being angry. <laughs> um, so anyway, like yeah, we. But anyway, we 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 end up. They end up at Wally World after this huge ranty thing and this fight and this Christy Brinkley near nudity sex and and oh and they end up going skinny dipping together and she ends up screaming and waking up the hotel too. Yeah. And so they're finally there. Like they're finally on the last day. They're in the home stretch. They're gonna make it to Wally World. It's gonna be great. You know, they they get there first. And they park near the back, you know, because they want to be able to get out after the crowds come here. And we're looking at each other like, how did they not realize this? I mean, like, not one this car. is coming from a mile away. Like, this is so obvious what's about to happen. Uh, they do a chariots of fire thing. This is a thing that, like, if you're too young to really remember the '80s, was a very. I think we've already talked about it at least yes. once. I think that's happened. But chariots of fire was an '80s movie that we'll probably never do because it's more of a serious dramatic. I've movie. I've never seen it. I've seen it, but when I was younger, it's more of a very serious dramatic movie about these runners. I think one of them is uh, one of them is Jewish and one of them is Christian. Oh, okay. And like, I think they they never see each other in meets because neither of them will run on their sabbaths. Or something. I can't remember. It's been a long time. I, I'm probably dead wrong on this. I have this memory of that being what the movie's about, but like I like I saw it when I was like six right. or seven. Like like like. But uh, the Chariots of Fire theme by Vangelis was 
anytime someone was running in the 80s in any comedy, they would show them in slow motion playing their chariots of fire theme, that dun 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 music. And so they show them running in slow-mo. It's Rusty and uh, and uh, and Clark are like sprinting and passing each other back and forth and like smiling at each other, making crazy faces, and they're so excited and they get all the way up there and they stop and you just have this moment of like Oh dear! It's like a deflated balloon moment. Oh, I missed there was another. There was a third instance of Holiday Road playing, but that's, that's so when they get there, there's a sign that the that the moose is holding that says that they're going to be closed for two weeks, and then it has this little button that says "Press me." And John, and he, you can do the moose voice. I, I don't remember what he says, and it's not this. This is Bullwinkle. I just realized, <laughs> but it kind of does have a Bullwinkle yeah. voice. Um, and this wasn't actually that wasn't a very good Bullwinkle anyway. I feel so. like it was John Candy who did the voice. It might have been, but they pushed the button on. Sorry, the, folks. And it's the exact same. Thing yeah. as as Which, as what was on the sign. Clark gets really mad and punches it so it was so it goes, <laughs> you know, very funny and you know, and then he goes off on a whole thing about how they they owe them. They've gone through all this, so he goes to a sporting goods store to make a purchase and come back. And they go into the they and he's got a, he's got his hand in a bag as he goes in. And they go up to they go in and they walk up. The, they're they're stopped by a security guard played by John Candy. And I'm going to say this right now, um, a little bit of trivia about. Uh, Ghostbusters is it's a movie that was in development for a long time. I know originally John Belushi was going to be playing kind of the Vinkman character, mm-hmm. like but then John Belushi died in 1982. Um, the Lewis Tully, the nerd character played by Rick Moranis, was originally written for John Candy to play, but I believe John Candy was filming Splash at the time. He was doing something and he was not available. And I think, without any any evidence other than guessing, yeah. I suspect this character is roughly how John Candy would have played Lewis. Probably Tully. true. Like, he's in these thick nerd glasses, and he's, yeah, folks, I'm here to help you get, you know, he's got, like, kind of a, he's got that, oh, oh gosh, John Candy voice, you know, yeah. his, his John Candy nerd voice, not not his polka player voice. Right. You know, John Candy, of course, being a seasoned uh, veteran of John of John Hughes movies. Yes. Um, uh, the only movie that my father ever laughed at, Uncle other Buck. than MASH, is Uncle Buck. Yes, that's right. We almost did an Uncle Buck episode with him, but it just never worked. Mm-hmm. And then, then we watched it and decided not to do an episode on it because we didn't really couldn't think of anything to say. Up with Cannonball Run uh, on the oops. I guess there's not really a good episode out of this material after all. Yeah, it happens sometimes. Yeah, um, once in a while. But, so um, yeah, go ahead. But uh, so John Candy is like, I can't let you in. You know, they're, we're here to see Roy Wally. And by the way, Roy Wally is a great uh, a great way to twist the the Walt Disney reference because uh, uh, there are two Roys in the Disney family. Walt's brother Roy was like the business guy, right? And when Walt was the creative guy in uh, in the early days of Walt Disney, and Roy's son Roy E. Disney was the head of was like the honorary head of Disney and kind of a spokesman for Disney for many years after that fact. Um, but so and, Roy and he, Wally, they even talk about him being Roy E. Wally, Roy E. Wally, yeah. yeah. Um, so Roy, but uh, but Roy Wally, founder of Wally World, uh, you know, like. Like that was that that's the guy that they're they're saying they need to see. And John Candy's like, well, you know, you don't have an appointment. And then uh, like he's going to have to ask you to leave. And then that's when Clark puts the gun in his face yeah. and says, no, we're going to have fun. And they basically force him and they for, and they put it. They, they they make another guard, uh, you know, like lay down and roll over like a dog. You know, and and everyone in the family is like wasn't expecting Clark to do this. Right. They're like, They're what a are you shocked. like? But basically, he's gone completely off the rails. And they basically everyone like they're all riding on these these rides in an abandoned you know amusement park. Yeah. They're having, you know, and he's like forcing everyone to have fun. And John Candy's worried about throwing up on the rides. And <laughs> what's funny is John Candy end up, ends up having a lot of fun with yeah. him, which is kind of hilarious. But he's being kidnapped and, and being held hostage. To, just to ride and, the rides. And uh, at, but meanwhile, the SWAT team's been called. 
because yeah. the other guard go, calls the police, obviously, and the SWAT team and calls Roy, Roy Wally. Uh, so while they're on the rides, near the end of the time, uh, John Candy realizes it's a BB gun. And he's like, you know, and like there's this whole thing of like, you know, that can't even break the skin. He's like, I could get under there and get infected. Ah, that's an urban legend. That won't ever happen. And he gets up to leave and he shoots him in the butt. And he's like, ow! And he's like, well, you tried to leave. You know, yeah. and they have this whole like ba- bickering back and forth. Um and then they finally, uh, so they get out, and the SWAT team, SWAT team is there, and Roy Wally walks out. And, by, and John Candy puts his hands up with everyone else, and they're like, "You get out, get out of the yeah. way!" And Roy Wally comes up, and I, I've already forgotten the character actor who plays him, but he's Eddie like Eddie something, Eddie something with a B, Eddie Bracken, Bracken. Eddie Bracken, who um, he's not in anything. Oh, he, he was no, he was in um, no, he was in um, like in, in Preston Sturgis movies. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He was in uh, you know. Yeah, so, he was in Miracle of Morgan's Creek and Hail the Conquering Hero. So, he was, that's where that's where he looks familiar. When I knew, I was like, I, I was like, this guy has been in a lot of stuff. It's like an old, like, like, you know, he was also in Broadway and Hello Dolly's, by, mm-hmm. by the way. And yeah, and yes, he was Rosen Island's ex-boyfriend on Golden Girls. Of course he was. But yeah, um, but he like he plays. He's definitely playing Walt Disney. Like yeah. he has like the mustache. Yeah, he looks that, just. Like, he looks like, like a like a fat Walt Disney kind yeah. of. So, and he's, He's very, you know, like... So Clark tries to, like, reason with him. And he's like, you know, basically, you know, my family and I have been on this thing and we lost a family member on the way and, like, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, we just... I just wanted my family to, to come... How would you feel if you ever took your family, like, on a trip? You ever go on a trip? And he's like, yeah, oh, we went, went to, to Florida. Florida. And he's like, how would you feel if you got to Florida and it was closed? And he's Florida like, they, 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 close? they don't close they don't Florida. Close well, I know they don't close the state of Florida. <laughs> but but we got to Wally World and you should have seen the look on my kids' faces. And what it, where did... Kids... Where did I say, where did oh, you yeah. say, I asked you, where, if you could go any place in the world on vacation, where would you want to go? Hawaii. Shut up, Rusty. <laughs> uh, Wally World, Dad? Yes, good job, Audrey. You know. Roy Wally World. So yeah, it's like. Yeah, yeah, like, so, so Roy Wally is moved, moved by their stuff and he, he decides not to press charges. They all celebrate, uh, you know, the hug end of him. The movie is basically everybody. And the end of the movie is a, a different, a, a completely different song by Lindsey Buckingham. Uh, dancing we across the USA, dancing. which is like kind of a 1950s style sounding ballad. USA. Yeah, yeah, like well, like late 50s, early 60s pop ballad sounding thing. And, and I have to say, and I, they and, and go ahead. the beginning was postcards. The yes. end was family, family photos, photos over over credits and like all the scenes and them taking photos. Even people like like there's even a photo of the guys who stole their money, like uh, like yeah. the, the mechanics with them. There's a picture of Clark with Christy Brinkley. Who would have shot that? There's a picture of like all the the SWAT team and everybody on the roller coaster together. Like yeah, and then and then the very and the very last picture is a scene of all of them in like. Marty Moose, Marty hats. Moose hats, and they're sitting in an airplane. So it's yeah. obviously they, they flew, flew home. That they, they they gave up and flew home. Um, I have to say too that uh, up until this moment, for my whole life, I've that I've seen this movie. I thought that vacation, all I ever wanted, was part of this movie, and it's not. No, but you know what? Uh, the the, uh, the the album Beauty and the Beat um, actually did come out in 1983, I believe. That's weird. I think. If it wasn't, I it was, it, was, it was either 82 or 83. So Vacation was in the charts around the time the movie Vacation was on. How weird is on. that? It's kind of like Rock Me Amadeus in the movie Amadeus. Yes, yes, true. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like, wait, does this movie actually have Rock Me Amadeus? Or pump in the up the volume, drink, pump up the volume. But it wasn't pump in up the, the jam, you mean? 
I don't know a song called Pump Up the Volume. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is Pump Up. Pump Up the Jam. No, no, because there's like a Pump Up the Volume, Pump Up the Volume, Pump Up the Volume. Oh, I don't remember that. Dance, dance. I I don't remember remember that. Yeah. You know what? I I detached myself from a lot of popular music for a very long time. So like I'm playing catch up on some of those things. Okay. Um, So since this is a double, we both have seen it before. Either one of us can jump in first. Well, you know, I think before we go into the questions, I'd actually, I want to talk briefly about the fact that this spawned a very long running series of movies. Oh, yeah. Not, good point. This is not like the end of the the Griswold's adventures by any means. Right. This is probably the best. Yeah, I'd say of it's those the best movies. One. I, I you know, uh, but the you know, but they're fans of some of the other ones. Uh, most people do not care for European Vacation. I've seen that one probably almost as much as I've, I've seen, seen that one, one more because yeah. it was on HBO a lot when we had time. HBO. You know, and you yeah, know, like, I've seen that movie a lot. Like that's actually the, probably why the gratuitous breast didn't surprise me as much. Yeah. You know, but. Um, because of me having HBO uh, yeah. as a kid, but yeah, uh, there's a lot of there. You know, European Vacation, uh, like that, actually does have one element, I believe, of the Griswold mythology in it that made me that I thought was in this movie, which is, which is the hockey jersey. Oh right. I think that's in the begin. Like I think that's in the beginning of that one. No, in the mid- beginning of that movie. Well, they're in pig they're, outfits in the beginning. Yeah. But I think he's wearing that before they go on the trip. Maybe. Or maybe maybe that's not until Christmas Vacation. I don't remember. But uh, the famous Griswold Double uh, Zero uh, Blackhawks jersey. Yes. Sweater. Yes. Sweater. Sweater. <laughs> use, the, use the right term. I feel though. like that was in, I think that was in Christmas. I might be it might have been in Christmas. I, I, thought, I thought maybe it was in both. I thought it was in all the movies. Maybe. But I may be wrong. But it wasn't in this one. It was not in this one. There so. was a Cubs shirt in this one. Yeah, they're definitely, well, they they definitely wear the fact that they live in the Chicago suburbs on their sleeve. They, yeah. they Both movies begin, like, when they're in that pig in a poke, I think yeah. is the game show they're on in the second one where they're like, from the Chicago suburbs or whatever, yeah. it's the Griswolds or yeah. whatever, you know, because they win that trip. And then that you know, and then a lot of people like Christmas Vacation quite a bit. I think that's probably the most solid one after this. Um, Vegas Vacation is usually fairly reviled, although it has a couple of moments I enjoy. Um, there is a scene with Wayne Newton and Beverly D'Angelo where he's where he's trying to impress her and he, he's feeding her and he's like, "I always make too much pasta." For some reason, that line just kills me. Like Wayne Newton saying, "I always make too much pasta," it just gets me. Yeah. Every time. It took me a second also, to realize that you meant Wayne work. Newton and Wayne. not Wayne Knight. Yeah. It just took me a second there. I thought you maybe thought I meant Wayne Gretzky because I was talking about hockey. No. Um, but, um, you know, and a little bit of and Christmas Vacation, uh, we, we do have one, the introduction of the Audrey being played by Juliette Lewis. Um, yes. And in Vegas Vacation, uh, Rusty is played by Ethan Embry. Ah. Which I had forgotten until I checked that. Yes, that makes um, sense. Ethan Embry apparently also plays a Clark Griswold kind of character in a commercial with Christy Brinkley where they where they replicate her be, her Ferrari thing. Oh. Um, and of course the Griswolds come back in a couple of things there is a uh, Hotel Hell Vacation uh, online sh- uh, short that apparently is not sponsored by National Lampoon but got uh, but it was allowed by the studio who had the rights to the movies okay and of course there was a reboot um, I guess it's technically a sequel uh, there's a vacation movie with Ed Helms as Rusty as an adult and apparently I've never seen it I've heard it's not great but um but uh, it also includes uh, Chevy Chase and Beverly D'Angelo uh, playing them, playing them, their characters as you know the grandparents, and apparently like the whole thing is Rusty trying to recreate this beloved vacation from his childhood, <laughs> you know, because which kind of goes into the whole arc of vacation where the father is always trying to relive those experiences that never really were as were great as he as great as you remember, and uh, that's that's about it. Speaking of revisiting, yeah, Ali, I'm going to ask you first. Sure. I guess was this movie worth revisiting? I mean, I love this movie. It's it's stupid and it's, I don't know, it just always has made me laugh. It, I think a lot of it is nostalgia from when yeah. I was a kid. There's definitely a couple problematic moments in it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can kind of look past them, specifically the sexism and the yeah. lechery and all that kind of grossness. 
um it's 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 fun yeah um it's, it's a fun it's a fun rock and it's true like the, this is the thing clark griswold there there it was so weird to me that this was taking this took place in the Chicago suburbs because while I I loved that I recognized it I loved that it's John Hughes like I didn't I don't think I knew that as a kid but like yeah I didn't know it was John Hughes yeah, writing until yeah. like five or but, ten years ago but my my point is like all of those John Hughes movies like they have a a, a sense of like I know this area because that's where I grew up but the other feel of it is that this was nothing like my family like there's a moment in the movie and we didn't talk about it but there's a moment when. Audrey's getting really upset and she's like, you know, I'm just, I'm tired and I don't feel well and I don't, I want to go home. And Rusty puts his arm around her and comforts her. And I thought to myself, that's, that never would have happened in my family. <laughs> like never, ever. And like there was, that was like an, an aspirational moment for me. My father was not Your father would Clark never, Griswold. would never have taken, your father would have been like, we're flying so we can get this over with. Pretty much. Like, we went on family vacations. We did a lot of family vacations. Did you ever do a road trip? Hell the fuck no. All right, I have been, I have been, I've driven from an airport to a hotel (laughs) in the back seat with your family. I can't imagine, I mean, I love your family. No. And I, and here's the thing, there are parts about my family that I find just as annoying or worse. So this is not saying your family, like, like try to walk down a city street with my family is a nightmare. Yeah. Because they will stop randomly. At everything, and they just basically carry signs and say, "Please mug me." Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, it's true. Um, but um, but um, like trying to, but yeah, yeah, but I can't imagine being in a car for that long. There's no way it wouldn't involve screaming and no fun. We went on a monorail, and it was like a nightmare yeah. with my family. So yeah, it's honest to God, like it. This was so outside my purview of anything that could possibly be that it's I think there's this part of me that was like wow there are families that actually do this and that's so cool and the type of dad that wanted to have those heart-to-heart talks and like wanted to connect with his Mm -hmm. kids I didn't experience that at all my dad's way of showing love was so different um and still is to this day it's just it's just different different. it's just a different uh, it goes by I think we've made the joke before you have a father I have a dad Yes, exactly. You know, it's and, so true. And Clark, yeah. and Clark is a dad. It's, he's a dad. Like he does work to provide for his family, but well, he's a yeah, dad. But he's a dad. Like he's a he's a straight up dad. And I will say, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So so that that's my feeling about it is that yes, it's definitely worth revisiting. It makes me it makes me nostalgic for the the memories that I had mm. of an aspirational family that mm-hmm. couldn't be <laughs> in my life yeah. um, and connection. So go ahead. Are you gonna? Ask oh, do you want question? me to ask you, you the question? You want to ask me a question? I can ask you if it was worth revisiting. Yes. Yes. I. You know what? Um, uh, this is my, my once again qualified yes that I often do with these things is I think it was worth revisiting for me for a nostalgia for that time for me. Yeah. Like, like I, my thought on it is it might not be something that would be worth watching if you haven't seen it already. Right. Because, or if you didn't grow up in that time Yeah, if you didn't period. grow up in that time period. Because it's, I think it's, it's near the pinnacle of like, I feel like the late 70s, early 80s was the pinnacle of what I would call boomer humor. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that to rhyme. That's just, that just happened. No, I get it. But like, they, like this is like, this is, the, this is the comedy of people who came of age growing up in the 50s and 60s, gaining, gaining like places in the, like the entertainment world in the 70s and 80s. You know, like this is that, like their comedy. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it's, it's in that Animal House, Caddyshack, uh, Stripes realm of comedy where it's like I think you had to be there or be of that group I don't think it holds up as a comedy yeah like to people who are younger as much I mean there, there are moments that are gonna be funny regardless right but on the whole it's just it's got a like it it's got a dated feel 
It's very, it, it, it feels like, like it's a movie that like at it, at the time everyone thought it was raucously hilarious. Yeah, and it doesn't And it's have like, that. it doesn't really, there's a couple of, there's a couple of good chuckles. Yeah. You know, but on the whole, it's like, it's mostly just, I mean, I found it more interesting just as a movie about a family, like weirdly enough, than, than, than as like a comedy. Yeah. You know, but like, yeah, it's, it's a movie that I don't think is, is, is like, I would say it's probably a solid C plus as a movie on the whole. Yeah. It just it has like, it, it it bumps up a little for me just because of the nostalgia. Yeah, and I, piece, I would say yeah, not, I would say I I enjoy watching it more than I would wa- enjoy watching most movies. I would rank like that on a yeah, grading system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I get that. But like, but it, I'm grading it on like a curve with my own expectations of it and what I know about right. it. If you're looking at it from like a, a like I don't think I would like, recommend yeah. to anyone who hasn't already seen it to watch or it or been in that position as or, a yeah, kid. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, but yeah, it's de- like it's just not like it, it's just I don't. I don't think it, it like, and it, this is a problem with almost all comedy. Yeah. Some comedies can be really timeless and hold up really well. I would say Princess Bride's a great example yeah. of that. But, like, they, there's certain, like, bits and pieces of comedy that hold up really well, you know, and then there's certain, like, I feel like it's, there's there's eras of movies where if you didn't come out of that era, you kind of wonder why they were super popular. Like, I find if you watch a comedy from the 1960s, they are long and dull. Yeah. Almost all of them. Like almost every comedy movie, like big big name comedy movie, isn't nearly as good as you, like like Mad 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 World is an endless thing that isn't that funny. No, I, it um, is not. I, the I original fell Pink, the it. original Pink Panther has a few a handful of moments that are funny. Yeah, but the Clouseau stuff, it, the Clouseau stuff's fairly humorous, but like most of the movie is not. Yeah, and like there's just a lot of like like it, the, but like these movies are the same way. Those late seventies early eighties movies, I feel mm-hmm. like I can laugh at them in memories. Yes, and they are the movies my dad liked. Right. Like, it's my dad's world of comedy. Totally. And I feel like our generation had a different world of comedy. The the next, the millennials have their own world of comedy. And, you know, and like, and Jordan here can't even stand here talking about it. No, he his can't. Generation, his generation's comedies are going to be completely different. But, um, yeah. So, so no, I think, I, 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 I did think it was worth revisiting, but only for me. Not yeah, for anyone, I get it. Not for anyone outside of my experiences. So uh, now that we're done with this episode, if you really want to hear us talk more about other things, you can go to our other podcasts, uh, by, you know, by finding www.matchmadeinspace.com or going to our Facebook group, A Match Made in Space. You can find that. You can find that there. Uh, you can you can see us occasionally tweeting on at MMIS podcast. You can uh, see the two of us, me and Allie, tweeting on on our individual accounts i am at hitler puncher ali is at ali underscore goodman ali is spelled a l i uh you can also probably follow follow ali on instagram yes you um, she does have an instagram, instagram account yep. um and I, I do not i i, I you I, can also follow me on facebook at ali colon real to real with r-e-a-l to, to r-e-a-l-l or backwards i can't remember which no you're right the first time yeah um and um because it aspires to the R E E L, and you can send us an email if 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 anyone still uses email, matchmaningspace at gmail dot com. And um, oh yeah, he did mention that the Facebook group uh is open or the page is open, um, and it is, and we have all of the episodes on there, and uh, we'll update them as they go. And every once in a while, we put some little fun things on that page, tidbits and little, videos, yeah, and like. Joy. Little little fun things here and there. Yeah, drop drop them in. Drop I mean, them in. You say we, but it's mostly Allie because yeah. I, I, I Facebook is a closed book to me. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. I was also going to say that um, I mentioned this as well. Uh. I'm trying to get John back on the 
Hard Grey's Night horse. Good luck. So those of you who enjoyed hearing us talk about Grey's Anatomy and the uh, misery that John goes through having to rewatch those episodes with me, um, we kind of have an idea for a different kind of a format of doing it. Um, so I need a little bit more encouragement to get John to do it. So uh, I need some people to just kind of tweet at him and say, yeah, we want to hear some more Hard Grey's Nights. Or or tweet at Allie and say, come on. <laughs> There's no reason to make that poor man watch, hard, watch Grey's Anatomy. I know you all want it. I know you all we, want it. Don't, we don't need to go to John let's to land. Put, let's put John in some misery, shouldn't we? Um, anyway, so thanks for listening. Uh, this is episode 45, peeps. Yeah, whoop, well, whoop, whoop. Stay tuned for episode 46 when Allie picks another movie to show me. Um, <laughs> That's and, right. And uh, we'll find out. I have no idea what it is yet, to be yeah. honest. Uh, uh, Allie likes to surprise me, whereas I, I like to warn her in advance, like, this is what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, the next one I have is a pretty good one. I'm excited about it. So uh, i got a pretty good one coming up next, too, if uh, depend. Well, it depends. Actually, October's coming up. If October's coming up, I'm going to probably find something that's a horror-related thing because it's about time you, you get shoved into some 80s. Probably, don't worry, probably a horror comedy. Mm-hmm. There's quite a few terrible 80s horror comedies. Anyhow, um, this is a match made in space. Signing off. Adios. Holiday Road. Holiday Road. Doodly 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 doo.